Growing a successful design business is hard work. There's so much to do and so little time to get it all done, not to mention the actual design work. The good news is that we are here to help. I'm Krista, the WordPress developer and website strategist from KristaRay.co. And I'm Corey, the designer and creative coach from CoreyWoodard.com. In the Get Back to Design podcast, we're going to share strategies and tools to help streamline and grow your design business, ditch the code and anything else you don't love, and well, get back to design. Grab a cup of coffee, open that Illustrator file you've been working on, and let's dive in. Today, we are so excited to bring on and chat with Jean Coelho, who I first connected with on Instagram last year. I also had the pleasure of having her on as a speaker in the summit I hosted earlier this year, and her presentation absolutely blew everybody away. Like After her presentation, the Facebook group blew up, the, her chat box was going crazy, like everyone loved what she had to say, so I knew I had to get her on here. But to give her a quick introduction, after being stuck in the feast or famine cycle for 14 years, she decided she was done with it all. She dove in headfirst with a month of research and took her very first e-course about using Pinterest. And she then restructured her design services page. And just one week after those changes went live, she landed her first $6,000 full brand client, you guys. Uh, four, four years later, she sharpened her skills as an online business owner and teaches those skills to others. Uh, she provides online education to freelance graphic designers that want to become creative entrepreneurs. And her core mission is to supply designers new to the online space with all of the tools that they need to profit from their passion in the form of templates, cheat sheets, and e-courses. Welcome, Jean. I am so excited to have you on today and to chat about all this goodness you have coming for us. Uh, hi, Krista. Hi, Corey. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I cannot believe that was such an introduction, Krista. I mean, Jean, you have literally kind of done it all, it seems like. Yeah. I have to know, how did you get started just with your um, design business? And aside from everything Krista just told us, what has your journey looked like just up until now? Well, quite crooked. (laughs) Um, Early on, I wanted to be um, an artist. I have been able to draw since I came out. So like I could draw you guys perfectly, your faces. I do watercolor and pen and ink. And um, but my parents discouraged me. They didn't think that I could have a career um, as an artist. And so that always was in the back of my, my head. And I just didn't think that I would be able to make money doing it, even though I actively did pursue that career. So I went to four different colleges and (laughs) each year was a new college. And then, um, I finally decided to just go and get my associate's degree. And once That was done because that's the way my dad wanted me to do it. He wanted me to get a full rounded education. And I absolutely did. (laughs) I was like everywhere. So um, after I finally got my associate's degree, after five years, I enrolled in art school, which was my dream. And I paid for it myself. And that was um, kind of the beginning. I uh, wanted to work in a corporate 
space. Um, my dad was an entrepreneur. He sold steel. And so I grew up kind of around corporate people. So I thought, well, I can do my art and have my insurance paid for and have something <laughs> more secure. And so that was the direction I went. But once I met my husband, we moved to a small dairy town in the middle of California. So I went from L.A., to San Francisco, to this small place full of cows and walnuts. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really hard adjustment. And then we started having kids on top of that, which was, you guys know, a huge adjustment too. So I had no idea how to freelance. I was just trying to make extra money for our family and keep my passion alive uh, at the same time. That's like such a crazy journey. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Four different colleges and then moving to live with cows and grow babies. <laughs> that no is crazy. <laughs> and nobody understood what I did and nobody took me seriously, you know? So mm -hmm. that was very difficult. And so for 14 years, I just struggled. And, and I was always wondering, why did it take me 14 years? Am I a slow <laughs> learner? Or I think it was we had three kids in four and a half years. And so I think I was just trying to survive. Uh-huh. I was yeah, just I in survival so mode. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, had yeah, no. till, I had to wait till <laughs> they were teenagers to put my head out of my butt and be like, well, I can't keep doing it like this. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think it's impressive. You could do anything. I feel like yeah. I can do nothing and I have one. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh. Well, I was a long distance runner. And so I always kind of equate that to my life. Like, that's why God had me be a long distance runner because I needed it. I needed to know how to keep going when I felt like I was going to puke or, you know, like couldn't go anymore. Um, I was able to use what I learned from running and kind of apply it to life. And of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, it was not easy to go through it the way I did. That's why I want to teach other graphic designers how to not do it the way I did it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I love that. And I kind of want to dive into some of that. Because um, something that stuck out to me as a part of your journey was the fact that you made some tweaks to your services page and a week later managed to land a $6,000 branding client. And before we dive into what those changes were, what were you doing wrong before you made those changes that was keeping you from getting those bigger clients? Um, I think one of the biggest things was that I didn't think of myself as a professional. I treated my business like a hobby. Um, and so I didn't have it set up in a way that answered a target audience. Actually, I had no target audience um, picked out. And so I was just marketing to everybody and um, kind of treating it like an agency would like take anyone that, you know, with two doors and four walls, take anyone that needed a designer. And um, I learned that that definitely doesn't work online. Um, and so I had to answer my target audience's questions before they asked them. And I had to be so transparent that the people that were reading my 
page, my website for, you know, my work with me page, they kind of knew not to mess with me because I had been abused by clients for so long that I wanted to repel those type of people. And there are ways to do that, which is being transparent, setting your boundaries, um, putting your pricing front and center, having package pricing so that people can choose what fits their budget because inevitably clients wanted to negotiate down to the tiniest thing. And I had had it, (laughs) like you said, (laughs) I had just had it with that. And so I went to Pinterest and I just typed in brand board, mood board and got up whatever I could find. And then I would follow the breadcrumbs to these people's websites that I thought had amazing design skills. And that's where I found Sarah Dart from Salted Ink and um, Lauren Hooker from Ellen Company and um, Angela from Saffron, Saffron Avenue. Yeah. And those three women helped me tremendously. I, I just, I want, I saw that they were running their business like a business, like it had a front door and that they had rules. They had, they had hours of operation. They have rules, rules of engagement. Um, and so that I just built my website after those things. Yeah, I, oh my gosh, we've talked about this in past episodes, getting trampled by clients mm-hmm. and it makes it so hard to want to keep going. And I applaud you for saying, Hey, this is what they're doing. And, you know, I, I can't do this anymore. So I'm going to completely change my services page. So people know I mean business. And I definitely agree that, um, when you start taking things more seriously and you put yourself out there more as a professional, obviously people are going to, take take working with you more seriously and not treat you like that. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I had to put my big girl pants on for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, did you have anything specifically, um, I guess, to your services page that you could share with us that you um, changed to really start seeing that change in uh, the kind of clients and how your projects were going after you looked to some of those influencers? Yes, I I kind of reverse engineered things and I really started focusing on the pain points of my target audience instead of me, me, me and who I was and what I provided. I decided to turn it on to my um, readers. And um, that really was a game changer for me. I, I had to stop focusing on me and what I was and how, why I was such a good catch. I, t- <laughs> um, I had to um, highlight what they were struggling with. And then I could provide um, my package pricing. So I created a downloadable package pricing document that was available for download on my page. And then I screenshot each page and put each page up so they could see it. And then if they wanted to download it, then they could put it in their hands and have 
um, a hard copy. That was, I thought that was really huge. And um, the reason my $6,000 client booked, um, she said, was because I spelled everything out. And that we have to understand that the people that are coming to us are nervous about how much money they're going to have to spend for this. So we have to take away every single slice of doubt, fear, anxiety that they have. Because if I had to pay $6,000 for my website, <laughs> I wouldn't do it. And, and so I need to also let them know that they're going to have an experience that will take away the stress. So if I can tell them what's going to happen when, how much their deposit is and when it's due and when the next payment's due and when the next payment's due, like all of that information will lift a huge weight off those people that are reading that page. And I, I think it will increase um, your chances of booking someone by at least 50%, at least. Um, so she said that she did not want to spend $6,000 on this project, but her husband read my page and told her that she had to hire me. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. My husbands are like heroes sometimes because I am actually in the process of working with Corey on a rebrand and uh, I kind of did something similar. I knew I wanted to work with Corey, but I couldn't decide if, if I wanted uh, like full to do branding or just a website. And I had my husband kind of look it over and help me. He's like, you have to do both. Like, what are you even, what are you even talking about? Yeah, the right. voice. <laughs> so you guys, maybe the key is to just talk to your client's husbands yeah. on your site. Yes, exactly. Write <laughs> your website copy to the spouses. <laughs> and when they're, they're your own husbands, you either want to lock them in the bathroom or you want to listen to them. It's either or. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep, that sounds about right. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, you gave us like a lot of really good information uh, in that answer, but is there anything you would pull out of that as like the top few things that designers need to have for a design services page that actually converts for them? Um, they need package pricing. They need a firm call to action at the bottom of the page. Um, and they need to focus on the pain points that their audience is struggling with. And if they don't know what those are, um, I use Pinterest for that too. I go to Pinterest and type in the same things and then, or just go to the top people's websites that have blogs. And if they're your competitor, they offer similar services, read their comments in their blog posts. And you will see the different, struggles that people are having they'll they'll say oh this helped me so much i have trouble you know booking out clients in advance or you know that kind of stuff so um if you have trouble if you don't know who your target audience is and what their pain points are that's a great way to find out yeah that's actually a really good point that i had never thought of but um, obviously whenever something helps you, you comment and you're like, thank you for doing this. I really absolutely needed this post. And that gives you such a good idea of what people are struggling with. Wow. Mm -hmm. I never thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. awesome. Something you mentioned was, um, 
calls to action. I'm curious what you think um, the best call to action designers um, could have to have people do on their site should they be having people fill out a contact form book a call like pay the first invoice and sign the contract uh like fill out a form what do you think well there's lots of different schools of thought some people will say don't give out a free 30 minute call but i like that you know, as long as you stick to the 30 minutes, but I like a 30 minute free consult call because you don't know until you talk to the person, hear the tone of voice. Um, in fact, actually, I'm, I'm hiring a copywriter, which I don't tend to like to do because the copy part for me is so intangible. And um, it's, it's one thing that I have trouble spending the money on. But I, that's not my genius skill. And I preach all the time, just stick to what your strengths are. So I'm practicing what I'm preaching right now. And, and I told her yesterday or the other day when we were talking, we had a great consult call, which was free. And I said to her, I need you to sell yourself to me. I just, for my own peace of mind, I need to know why I should hire you. And I know I'm not trying to be condescending or anything. I just, please just lay it on me. Tell me why. And she actually took my landing page or my sales page. And I did never told her the things that I thought were wrong with it. And she named them all. So I was like, okay, you're hired. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I think offering a console call is great, but send over a welcome email. I have templates in my shop for two welcome email sequences. So the first welcome email is um, for those that are inquiring and have never met you before or haven't um, used your services before, send over a very first welcome email. And then ask some questions before you get on the call so that you can be prepared when you guys talk and it can be more productive. Yeah, I think that's really great. And it's such a good idea to um, have a specific thing that you know you're going to give back, especially to people who um, have never hired a designer before. So you know exactly what you're going to say to them Mm -hmm. when they first inquire with you, because um, I agree with what you were saying earlier that the money people invest with us to get our work, it's just like you hiring a copywriter. Like it's so hard to say, okay, I'm going to invest this much money, even if it's a thousand dollars, you know, wow, that's a lot of money to some mm-hmm. people. And so um, it can be really scary. So you want to encourage them and say, I understand, you know, I can help you, you know, those kind of things. That's, that's a really good point. And that first welcome email really helps set the tone to the fact that you pay attention to details. Um, paying attention to those little details right off the bat will be like the design services page, almost probably increase your booking by 50%. And then there you go, 100%. You're covered. <laughs> and I'm there not you good go. <laughs> Um, Yeah, so when you send them that welcome email, just start to, to calm their fears a little bit, you know, and set set the stage for a good relationship, because 
that's what it's all about. Communication is huge. And I think that's dif difficult for some designers to come out of the gate communicating um, so that you make a really good first impression so that you will be able to send the second welcome email template, which is, yay, you've booked and here's what we do next. And then here's the contract and, and then you can get the ball rolling. So, so do you think that, um, I guess this is kind of different from what we were, we were going to ask you, but do you think that that's one of the biggest mistakes designers make in terms of um, encouraging people to book? Is that like communicating once someone has inquired with them? Or do you think that, I guess, the bigger mistake is just with their sales page? Well, there's probably a lot of different mistakes. I mean, this whole... Um, being a creative entrepreneur is a journey. So there's tweaks that you have to do at different stages. And, and like next week, I'll probably have a tweak that I didn't know I had to tweak this week. <laughs> so um, I think being proactive, honestly, is probably the biggest mistake that designers make. Um, and strategizing and planning I don't know if all creatives fly by the seat of their pants. I'm sure there's there's levels. <laughs> um, I had to learn to be strategic and disciplined and have a schedule. Um, that was definitely something I had to teach myself. And having kids does help with that too. <laughs> or having to work around having kids. Yeah. Um I want to change gears a little bit here. Are we, I think we've like done a really, I think, I think there's going to be people taking lots of notes about how to like improve their services page and kind of the booking process in general. Cause Hey, we just got you like the formula for a hundred percent booking, rate, right? Like no, no fail. Um, but I think something that holds a lot of designers back uh, from even considering those $6,000 price points uh, for their services is mindset. And you touched a little bit on mindset earlier, but do you think that it was a big factor for you when you started landing those larger clients, having a better mindset? Absolutely. I pretty much did have to fake it until I made it because um, I felt like I was, I had a huge bullseye on my shirt before. Every time uh, people saw my website, I think I did not want to look like I was a home base work, you know, a work from home mom in my yoga pants with a crock pot meal on the counter. I didn't want to look like that anymore. I wanted to look like Sarah Dart. I wanted to look like Angela. I, I wanted to look like um, <laughs> Joanna Gaines. Like I, I wanted to look like I um, was professional because I was but my own marketing and branding was not giving off that vibe. So my mindset, I literally had to close my eyes and imagine myself on the 12th floor of some cool building in San Francisco in a marketing department. How would I market myself? So that's what I did. That's, yeah, I totally agree with you. I think in a lot of ways we have to get out of our own way and say, okay, it's us holding ourselves back and how can we change that? And mindset is a hundred percent. Yes. I think that's a lot of our problems. So just aside from 
trying to, or I shouldn't say try to, but aside from moving up and being able to charge those higher prices, um, how else has your positive mindset been able to better your business? Um, it's taken me to places I didn't expect and it showed me strengths that I didn't even know that I had, or, or even just the, the strength to keep going. We've had some really difficult times. Sorry. Life can be really hard sometimes. And so if you put strategies and things into place, your business will be able to weather the storm when things get hard. For sure. Yeah. I'm sorry. You need that good mindset. Like for when for when your mindset is struggling at times, you need the solid foundation of a good one most of the time. Yeah. And a good one so that the clients you're working with are good clients. Right. Um, and so you have those price points for if you need to take some time off, no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. One, you have clients who will at least understand as much as possible. And so you've charged those price points where you have a little bit of a buffer. Right. Um, Right. For when things are tough, whether it's mm-hmm. something family related, something in life, maybe, you know, quiet times with booking clients. I feel like everybody has those no matter where you are in your business. There's always little ebbs and flows. I feel like no one out there, no matter how big their business is, is safe from like, mm-hmm. you know, having a month or two with no inquiries. And mm-hmm. I kind of I think a solid mindset is you need that to make it through those times. So I think that's amazing. Um Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. um, We actually had a crime committed against us. And so I had the children were interviewed by the police. And, you know, there was a really difficult time there that I personally didn't know how I was going to make it through life. And but my creativity has always been a gift to me because it's helped me um, during those times. I'm always able to be creative. And that is my passion. And Um, I do not want to see any more graphic designers (laughs) abused by clients. There there are ways around it. And it's so hard sometimes to be in Facebook groups and see these people that have been shafted. People have not paid them or um, all kinds of scenarios. And um, that lit a fire in me that inspired me to um, kind of put design on the back burner for now and... um, share my story because stories are very important. People connect with stories. And so if you can tell little stories on your website and just to show people um, that you've been there and also don't pull back too much because that can scare people away too. So there's definitely a balance there for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, it, it can be really difficult to find the balance too, but I think it kind of just takes a little bit of practice and experimentation to see what people respond and don't respond to. Right. And everybody's reality is different. Some are full-time and, and, you know, you have a full-time creative business. I actually homeschool my three kids too. They're teenagers now. And um, so I only schedule out my mornings to work. So I'm not full time. Um, But I also wanted my business to look full time too. So whatever your reality is, you can make happen um, with 
a little bit of elbow grease and research, anything's possible. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. So we've been talking about how important like positive mindset is. And I feel like it's like an easy thing to say you have to have, but not so easy to change it. So do you have any tips for how someone with a more negative mindset could start working to take steps to having a positive one? That's a good question. <laughs> Listen to Oprah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Super Soul Sunday. <laughs> um, I think, well, a couple of things that happened to me was I noticed, I think from the stress of things that, and this sounds simple, but I needed more vitamins. I needed more supplements and I needed to eat better. And that really helped my mindset because when you're not so healthy, your mind's not so healthy and you can't operate at your optimum level. And so um, once I started um, changing my diet, I found out I had celiac disease and um, after my daughter's diagnosis um, and I never knew I had it, I was asymptomatic. And so um, once I cut out gluten and just pretty much adopted a whole 30 type of diet and did my supplements, I feel amazing. So for me, that was the magic bullet <laughs> supplement. Um, but uh, it's, it is different for everyone. I also did have to overcome a lot of um, negative uh, experiences from my childhood that affected my self-esteem. And I think that's a common thread that designers have too, because creatives are extremely intuitive and sensitive and they take everything to heart. And so things that have happened before can really affect how you run your business. And um, so to be mindful of, um, you know, self-growth and, um, identifying those things uh, helps. So those for me were the two things that really helped me, but it's different for everybody. Well, I think too, just acknowledging that, you know, you have to eventually say, why am I thinking so negative all the time? You know what I mean? I've caught myself and I know Krista has probably gotten annoyed with me before where I'm just like down, 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 mm -hmm. down. And then it's like, eventually I'm just like, why mm -hmm. do I think so negatively about these things? Or why right now am I thinking so negatively all the mm -hmm. time? So I definitely think um, getting out of your own way and acknowledging mm -hmm. that this is all negative mm -hmm. thoughts or I'm not treating my body with mm -hmm. respect or whatever it is, you know what I mean? And then saying, okay, now that I know this, I have to change it. Yeah. So trying to think more positively or eating, tr physically treating your body better. Mm -hmm. I think um, that's part of it too. What do you think, Krista? Yeah, that's, a, I, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like to feel good when you're working you have to you have to feel good physically. You have to be taking care of yourself. You can't be like I mean, sitting in your pajamas some days. Some days is cool, but like you can't like go without showering and taking care of yourself and eating like crap because then you're gonna feel awful. That is gonna do nothing for your self esteem online. So I definitely think that's a big part of it. Um, something else I was thinking, Cora, I liked what you said about kind of identifying what those issues are. Exactly. Because even just recently, I found myself feeling like I realized I needed to be targeting a higher level of client. And I was like, I can't be reaching out to these kinds mm -hmm. of people. 
negative mindset. So I was like, well, why do I feel that way? Mm-hmm. I looked at my copy of my website. They're not for those kinds of people. So I had to like kind of find the root cause of it and work to change that. So I would say, if, you know, if you're struggling with a negative mindset, try to identify those root causes and start taking steps to change it. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. Um, the making a checklist helps get you out of it because then you start accomplishing something and that accomplishment helps pull you out little by little. Um, Each check on your checklist, checking it off helps. I remember um, when I decided that I had had it, I grabbed my laptop. I told my husband I was going to Panera Bread and I was there for like the whole day. (laughs) And um, I remember feeling physically nauseous when I was working on restructuring my website. Every time I went, I was like, who am I? I'm, I'm not Sarah Dard. I'm not, um, you know, Lauren Hooker. I'm, I'm not these people. And I'm trying to set this website up to look like that. What a fake, what a liar. And so then, you know, you almost like Jim Carrey, like, shut up, you know, uh, you know, like how they, he, in Dumb and Dumber, like talking to himself, like, <laughs> yeah. shut up. No, it, I had to tell myself to shut up, like, without saying it out loud. <laughs> and uh, um, I just made myself a checklist. And every time I checked something off of it, and literally I felt sick. I was drinking this iced tea like it was going out of business because I was like, please don't barf, please don't barf. And so I was able to check off these things. And I noticed the nausea back off every time I finished a task. And then I would go to the next task and then it got a little less. And so I noticed that the more I worked through my fears, the less they were there. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I think anyone who's listening to this, even if they don't have a super negative way of thinking about their business, are going to benefit from um, listening to you talk about your experience. I'm glad. So um, just to kind of wrap up here, um, where can our listeners go to learn more about you and these awesome things you have to offer and just keep up with you in general online? Well, I have a website at sweetbluebirddesignco.com and um, I have templates in a shop there that will help with contracts and different things that are kind of behind the scenes that that are hard for designers to, to find. Um, I wanted to make sure that I had kind of a toolbox available for graphic designers. Um, and then I have a Facebook group called the Fab Freelance Designer Collective. And um, I'm actually relaunching a course uh, this summer. And so I would love people to join me on that Facebook group because I want to get as much feedback as possible to really make this course a a one of a kind thing so that graphic designers that are struggling with how to find, attract, and book consistently um, the, the right type of clients for them, that they have um, the step-by-steps that they need to take. Because I think this business tends to feel like a mystery. You know, like, where's the handbook? How much do I charge? And um, 
and what's the timeline and that kind of stuff. So I want to stock it with templates and swipe files. I already have this course in existence, but I've shelved it so that I could add even more because, you know, when the first time you create something, it's definitely not your best. And so I just want to make it something that is um, affordable to graphic designers and definitely super user friendly so that they can start seeing profits because it's so frustrating to roll up your sleeves and say, I'm going to have an online freelance business. And then you're like crickets, where are the clients and how do I find them? So um, I would love you guys to, to join me in that group so that I can get your feedback. And uh, for now, that's definitely it. I'm on Instagram at Sweet Bluebird Design Co. And, uh, and that's it. <laughs> Well, we are so glad to have you on. I can't wait to hear what people learn from this episode. There was so much crammed in here. And thank you so much for coming on and chatting with oh, us. Thank you, Kristen, Corey. I, I'm just honored to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. For show notes, past episodes, and more information about the two of us, visit us online at getbacktodesign.co. If you enjoyed today's show, it would mean the world to Krista and I if you take two minutes to head on over to iTunes and leave a review. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available. Now put what you learned into action so you can streamline and grow your business, ditch the code, and get back to design.